0: Today's episode is brought to you by Chiropractic Mastery. Wouldn't it be great if your spinal problems and misalignments could correct themselves? And if you didn't need the same thing done to you every time you visit the office, best of all, what if your chiropractor could check and tell when your body didn't need any help that day at all? MC2 chiropractors correct nervous system imbalances directly so the body is best able to correct the spinal misalignment on its own. This is done without twisting, popping, cracking, or causing pain. It's so honoring to the body. That most people experience a tremendous amount of improvement very quickly, often without the soreness and stiffness that may follow a more traditional chiropractic adjustment. Your chiropractor can find out more by visiting chiropracticmastery.com and checking the seminars tab. And if you're looking for a chiropractor that will custom build the most painless yet effective chiropractic adjustment for you on every visit to the office, go to chiropracticmastery.com and click on the referrals tab. everyone, and welcome to the KiddoCast for Chiropractic Families, the world's first and only podcast committed to normalizing complementary and alternative care, particularly chiropractic care for children by sharing the experiences of the doctors in the trenches. In our time together, we will talk with pillars in the alternative healthcare world to give you the tools you'll need to make positive change in the health of your children today. Simply put, We're here to change the trajectory of modern healthcare. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bronstein. I'm a pediatric and family chiropractor certified by the Academy Council of Chiropractic and Pediatrics and the director of the Beacon Clinic of Chiropractic in beautiful Grover Beach, California. And now today folks, we're going to be joined by a close personal friend of mine and a mentor, a gentleman who should not need any introduction for those of you guys who have been, uh, you know, familiar with the podcast in past years, and that is Dr. Steve Hoffman. Uh, Dr. Steve and I have been working closely together for the last several years, teaching MC2 and tonal pediatric analysis to chiropractors all over the world. Last year, we were on the road, something like hundred thousand miles together, and I've gotten to know Steve uh, incredibly well, even since his first season episode. So um, I want Him to come onto the podcast and share again and provide his unique insight as only he can do. So enjoy. And without any further ado, here's Dr. Steve. We have with us a man who needs no introduction, Dr. Steve Hoffman. Um, For those of you guys who have been following us on Facebook, um, I'm joking because this is the second. Uh, podcast episode that i've recorded in a row so i'm starting to go a little batty but for for everybody who's listening to us on the podcast this will be the first episode of season three and there's a reason for it um dr steve and i have gotten to know each other um really really well over the past 18 to 24 months and um i i've learned to to give steve a a wide latitude um when it comes to all things chiropractic philosophy and, and science, um, for those of you who have never met Steve, um, where have you been? Um, Steve is the inventor of my primary technique and analysis called MC two. If you're a doctor who is sharing this podcast with your patients right now, I want you to go to www chiropracticmastery.com. Click on the seminars tab and register for the closest MC2 and tonal pediatric seminar that you can find. I guarantee it's going to change your practice and you'll be able to help a ton more people in your community, including kids. Um, How's that for bearing the lead, Steve? Yeah, that's great. So Steve, introduce us to you. Briefly, because we've already heard a lot of, uh, you know, your history uh, in the first season of the kiddo cast and then let's dig into this topic that you and I have talked about uh, a little bit before.
1: Okay, well, it it actually is an outgrowth, Dan, of um, words mean things and it's something that uh, has been somewhat of a disconnect between the two of us. Uh, You keep talking about the vertebral subluxation, and I keep talking about the subluxation. And what I mean when I say the subluxation is the neurological subluxation that precedes and causes the vertebral subluxation. And I think if the profession can wrap its brain around the nervous system interference that must exist in order for a vertebral subluxation to exist, then a lot of the discord, a lot of the questions, a lot of the issues uh, affecting and afflicting the profession would go away. Uh, And I think the primary example, and I know you wanna get into this, uh, but I wanna open it up so that people will understand the context. Is that, you know, maybe it's not that great an idea to osseously adjust a neonate. Okay, maybe it's just not a great idea for reasons that we've talked about before. One of those reasons being that these infants are already neurologically over aroused and they don't need more arousal, but also because the bone out of place that may be found in evaluating these children had a neurological cause. So this is where and why MC2 fits into the scheme of things so brilliantly for docs, because what we're after isn't so much the physical structural bony vertebral subluxation, but rather the, Vibration based, nervous system based subluxation that causes the muscle loss of integrity, the muscle imbalance that creates and promulgates the vertebral subluxation. Mm-hmm. And handling the neurological subluxation is way more honoring to both the doctor. And the patient, whether the patient is 92 years old or 92 hours old. Mm -hmm. So that's the premise in my mind for today that I want to communicate to people. I don't know if I answered your question, but.
0: (laughs) Well, listen, you you and I talk about this all the time. So it's like we're having this conversation that just never ends. It's been going on for the last two years. Um, So, so. Let's, let's tighter this down just a tad, because we have a lot of parents who are listening who may be under chiropractic care. Their kids may be under care. Um, they may not ever have heard of chiropractic before. And a friend turned them to the podcast. That's about 50 to 60% of our listeners. Um, I'm sorry, not, not never being exposed, but parents, um, the rest are docs who share it with their, their patients. Um, if you're a parent, I want you to imagine for just a second, um, what your kid's classroom looks like, okay? Whether they're in preschool or kindergarten or whether they're in high school, I just want you to visualize it. If you've ever been or you've seen the types of kids that hang out with your children, what do they look like these days? Because I can go back and and visualize what my classrooms look like. Uh, I can remember back to when I was in preschool. I can remember back to when I was in kindergarten. I I sort of remember high school, but that's for a different reason. The question, it's important because in the past, even just like 10 years, I think maybe 10, 20 years, we've seen this huge shift in how our kids express health. Uh, We've gone from a, a very individualistic approach to this approach where, you know, Everybody is lumped into this this sort of same bucket. Everybody's given a label, a diagnosis. Our kids are having a lot more of a difficult time adapting to their environment. They're being exposed to more uh, excitotoxicity. They're being exposed to more emotional stress than ever before. And oh, by the way, as we just talked about with Nace, you're going to hear her in a future episode, um, tons of trauma, tons and tons of trauma, like never, ever before. So now... Most of the kids that we are seeing, as Steve was just talking about, are over aroused. They've been exposed to so much of this garbage, this gain, this white noise in neurological activity that now their brain can no longer function according to the way that it's programmed. It doesn't communicate to the body. The body doesn't communicate to the brain. And as a result, we stay in stress, fight or flight response, or as one of my mentors called it, mesolimbic lock and load. And when you're in stress response all the time, what don't you do? You don't heal. You don't digest. You don't sleep, right? You don't poop. So all of our kids that we're seeing are are missing some of those programs. So what Steve is talking about, and we're going to dig into this a lot more in this podcast. What Steve is talking about is the fact that We've, we've kind of got to redesign our understanding of what health is because what we're being told by the powers that be is not actual health, right? It may look like health on the outside, but we focus so much on trying to fix the symptom that we take for granted or forsake the processes below the surface that maximize our survival value it's going to be a theme throughout the seasons of the podcast so that our parents understand. Now, the question really is, and I know we want to talk about the neurology, Steve, because that's, that's my, um, my, my primary interest in chiro is why chiropractic? I mean, what does chiropractic have to do with arousal? What does chiropractic have to do with adaptation to the environment? What does chiropractic have to do with life? Um, This is a big topic, so let's dig in. Uh, Give me your thoughts, and let's see if we can um, create a coherent uh, conversation.
1: Okay, and I want you to hold that thought because I want to talk about stress and the the range of adaptability to stress and where chiropractic fits into that whole thing. But I also want to clarify what I was talking about before. I didn't mean to imply that traditional bone-on-nerve, move-the-bone chiropractic is valueless. Nothing could be further from the truth. The issue is, how did the bone get out of place? And for the chiropractors out there who are vested in and have spent years or decades or generations vested in finding and fixing the vertebral subluxation, I would only ask them to ask themselves the question, how did the bone become misaligned to begin with and why isn't the body handling it okay that's the only question now to answer uh your piece about stress no doubt about it kids adults everybody are under physical stress like never before and all you have to do is look how many people are walking around spending their entire lives like this not good To say nothing of the bumps, the falls, the birth process itself, everything else that we get to deal with from a physical realm. Biochemically, we all know that food is denuded, denatured. And supplements, well, maybe supplements are a good idea, maybe they're not. Uh, Maybe organic is a better idea, maybe it isn't. And so there are lots of things that parents and uh, the adult population can do to mitigate uh biochemical stress mental and emotional stress good luck okay mental and emotional stress fits in the wheelhouse that we're talking about here because mental and emotional stress can be perceived as vibratory okay it mental and emotional stress happens as a result of an idea a thought what we see what we hear all right and then there's environmental stress which is entirely vibratory. That's the fact that we're all surrounded by EMFs 24-7. So, when it comes to stress, stress is what breaks the system down. To answer your question, Dan, chiropractic, whether it's bone-on-nerve chiropractic or nervous system-based chiropractic, doesn't take stress out of anybody's life what it does is widen that individual's range of adaptability to the stress that they're under so that it's less likely to break them down. That's what happens. And that's the process. So do we need to over arouse a system in order to widen its range of adaptability? Maybe in some cases, but in most of the cases it's not necessary. We don't have to do a hard, osseous adjustment on a baby. Sometimes just a light touch is all that it takes in the right place, with the right intent, in the right direction, with the right vibe, if you will. Sorry, I'm a California guy, Uh, with the right vibe. And children respond, babies respond. You have a practice full of kiddos who have responded from outrageous difficulties with just a light touch. Yeah. And in doing less rather than more. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's important for
0: folks to understand. So, and this is really important because I did just talk to Anais about this because it's, again, it's fresh. Again, you guys are gonna hear her talk later and she's amazing, but but th- there's a couple ways that you guys know, or you should be able to know whether or not you're actually getting the results that you're looking for. Because I'll, I'll tell you, a lot of the time in my clinic, because I tend to see really difficult cases and sick kids, um, the results are not always evident early, um, long-term long game. Um, it's about dialing things in neurologically, but the only way for us to know is to look at the objectives, right? Um, the thing about MC2, that's so important. And I, we talked about it ad nauseum, but again, it bears repetition. The thing I love about it is that it tells you as a technique, when to stop, Okay, this is super important. Okay. Now if you're a chiropractor and you're just hearing this for the first time, the question that I have for you is how do you know whether or not a patient needs an adjustment? Most of the time, more often than not, when I teach with with Dr. Steve, I get blank looks. What do you mean? People don't need an adjustment. When does that ever happen? Well, in my clinic, it happens all the stinking time, right? I know that is the case when you take care of people too, Steve. Um, And the reason that we know is because, uh, well, I've been doing this for a while. Steve's been doing this, you know, for a very long time. But we can look at certain objectives on the table, namely reactive leg check and correlate that with all of our other diagnostics that we're doing in the office, whether it's an inside substation, whether it's a NeuroInfinity, whether it's pattern analysis, whatever. And chiropractors who are looking at these types of things are the ones that you want to see because they can tell and predict how the nervous system is going to function and adapt to its environment in the future. Um, An adjustment in my office is is not what I'm looking for. I am looking to not adjust my patient because it indicates that everything is working neurologically and they don't need my help. Um, you know, you talking about intensity, I mean, God, man, that is such a departure from what the traditionalists in chiropractic have been, have been talking about for decades where the bone is on the nerve. And no matter what we do, we got to knock that bone off the nerve and it doesn't matter how much force or input we put into the, the, the cerebellum and the cortex, because we just need to take the foot off the garden hose. We, we know better than that now, right, Steve?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, Dan, I think it's an important thing and it just came to my mind and I like it. So <laughs> I hope you do too. You know, medical doctors have this oath that they're supposed to adhere to called the Hippocratic Oath, meaning above all else, do no harm. Well, maybe chiropractors need to have an oath also that above all else, introduce no new interference. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, this is important, too, for chiropractors, because an adjustment is a potentially destructive force, okay? And a philosophic construct, um, and for those of you guys who are not chiropractors, forgive us for just a second, but this is a conceit. Chiropractic adjustments are potentially destructive unless it happens at the right place in the right time with the right force in the right direction. Okay. This is why when patients come in to see me and they said that they've been to another chiropractor before who just racked and cracked them, gave them the so-called flying seven, or even worse, that they don't need a chiropractor because they crack their own necks. They're completely missing the entire point of what we do here. Um, again, the, the reason that patients see me, the reason people want to learn from you, um, and the reason that all over the world, people who are doing this particular approach, MC2, get paid millions of dollars to see patients is because we know when to stop. That is the most fundamental tenet of chiropractic philosophy that there is because it goes back to Stevenson talking about the normal complete cycle. I talk about this when I teach tonal pediatrics, but that normal complete cycle, which is the so-called safety pin, when we simplify it, the safety pin is closed. We've got good neurological conductivity, but when the safety pin is open, something in that circuit is misfiring. That's how the spine essentially works. And as you were talking about, the vertebral subluxation doesn't have to be the thing that opens the safety pin
1: right? It it can't be.
0: Yeah. It's a reaction to, it's a reaction to, right? right? Right. The way that I look at it is I talk to my patients as saying that subluxation is essentially the circuit breaker, right? It prevents any more damage happening to the nervous system so that things don't explode and catch fire. Now with it said, when it's there for a very long time, we got problems because the nervous system still isn't communicating effectively. But getting an adjustment in the right place, the right time, the right force, et cetera, et cetera, um, depolarizes that, that fuse, that circuit breaker, and restores but normal function.
1: But throwing the circuit breaker over and, over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, expecting a different result, misses the point of right. why that circuit's blowing in the first place. Right. And that's precisely the point that I'm trying to raise. Yes. What's so, causing the circuit breaker to flip off.
0: Okay, so we talked about this before, but let's reiterate. What are the most common causes of that circuit breaker going off in the kids that we see?
1: I I think it's very simple and straightforward. Stress beyond their system's ability to constructively adapt.
0: Okay, so, and and I'm glad that you said stress and you didn't go down that rabbit hole yet because this is super important. Um, As you know, um, and HRV is one of the most common things that we test for in our clinic. I know your friend, Rich Barwell, does a lot of real-time heart rate variability tests. Um, I, I buckled and I bought an Apple Watch this year. And for the past four weeks, I've been checking my heart rate variability in real time to see when I tank and when I'm doing okay throughout the day and the week and the month. For those of you who don't know, HRV stands for heart rate variability. It's a really good outcome measure to check whether or not our bodies are recovering from the effects of stress. It's a great outcome measure. It's used in cardiology circles to measure fitness for open heart surgery. It's used in athletics to see whether or not our athletes are recovering in a chiropractic office. It's one of the most important tests I run because it tells us whether or not our patients are going to improve or they're going to fall apart. But stress is funny because when you go to the doctor's office Um, more often than not, you say that you're under stress, the doctor will tell you to stop stressing, right? Yeah, well, so what does that serve? We're all under stress. Our generation is under more stress than they've ever been in their lifetimes. Our kids are being exposed to more stress than they've ever been exposed to, and, and who knows, and ever. And telling our patients to stop stressing is not going to help them because they can't. They are incapable we are starting to select genetically away from people, humans, who are capable of adapting to stress. Um, it's it's a problem, and so when we see patients in our clinics, we might as well just assume that they're under tremendous amounts of stress, whether it's emotional, chemical, or physical. And we have to do everything in our power to help not only them remove those sources of stress, but help them to adapt to those effects better. Chiropractic care is one of the most potent. It's the easiest. Solution to a lot of these things because it allows us to resist gravity better and gravity is one of the most stressful forces known to man It allows us to adapt to the effects of trauma better. It allows us to adapt to the effects of inflammation better and when our nervous system is functioning and clearer We can adapt to the effects of emotional stress better We see heart rate variabilities change which means without a shadow of a doubt our patients are healthier Than the average uh, average human out in the community So go ahead,
1: go ahead. Well, all I was going to say is, you know, for the parents who are listening, I think the important piece here for you is that, uh, kids who are best able to constructively adapt to the stress that's in their lives tend to be healthier kids. They tend to do better in school. They tend to be more coordinated. They tend to have higher functioning immune systems. I mean, there's no downside. To having uh, an effective neurological pattern that their body is running under. Mm. Okay. And, you know, regardless of the medical intervention or the healthcare intervention, nothing restores normal neurology better than a neurologically based chiropractic adjustment. Mm. Nothing. Mm. So I think that's important for folks to understand.
0: Yeah, it's really important. Uh, And we can't beat this dead horse more than we already are beating it because it's a theme in my podcast over the last three seasons to discuss how to find a chiropractor who knows how to do this work because we, we are being inundated by these images and by these thoughts that chiropractors are only back pain docs. And don't get me wrong. There are great back pain docs in my community. I love referring all of my hot discs and back pain out to these folks because they're really good at getting people out of pain. But guys, as I've talked about before, and I think I actually brought this up on your episode in season one, going to the chiropractor for just back pain is like going to the gas station for the coffee. It misses the entire point right? And this is the point because there's so much more, so much more at stake than just moving a bone and getting a crack and getting that endorphin release that comes with it. That makes you feel better. It's about restoring optimal neurology. So, so if you're a parent and you're trying to figure this whole thing out, because this may be a complete just mind explosion for you, um, what you need to look for, um, are are a couple of things that I would, I would recommend. And then I want Steve to talk about this as well. Number one, you have to look for a chiropractor who does objective testing on the nervous system. That's the big one. Okay. If they do not have uh, diagnostic equipment or technology to be able to measure how the nervous system is functioning, um, it's probably not a good fit because then they're going to be guessing. Um, like I said before, I use what's called an inside subluxation station where we measure heart rate variability, thermography, and surface EMG. Steve, Is partnered up with our good friend Rich Barwell, and he uses a device called a Neuro Infinity, which is fascinating because it measures heart rate variability, uh, EMG, it measures thermography, it measures QEEG, which is it, it incredible to see brain waves change as a result of not just the adjustment, but just setting up an adjustment, right? Putting a position, a patient in a position of ease is fascinating. Um, so you'll know when you see these people, the other thing that I'd recommend that you, you do when you go in to see your docs uh, goes all the way back to the beginning of our conversation. And that is to ask your chiropractor when the last time was that they didn't need to adjust a patient. Okay. If the answer is never, you're probably in the wrong place because the outcomes are wrong. They're not looking for the restoration of normal neurological function. They're looking how to constantly hack or, 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 optimize a system that in some cases just needs to be left alone. Okay, Um, so that's the recommendation I give to pretty much everybody when I'm referring doc, do you have anything to add?
1: Yeah, well, they're not seeing people frequently. enough.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's a big one.
1: Okay, so Uh, The onus isn't always on the doc and their technique. It could be on the recommendations that they've made to the practice member or the practice member's willingness and ability to follow those recommendations. So it is a two-way street, Dan. Um, You know, I I, I just want to do a quick shout out about the um, uh, neuro infinity for this reason you're measuring your heart rate variability. I would encourage you to measure your heart rate variability under two different circumstances, Dan. One would be, what do we do when we're in fight or flight? What do we do when we're frightened? We do this. (gasps) And your heart rate variability during that episode is going to be different than your heart rate variability when that episode passes because when the fight, fright, flight is over what you do is this <sighs> okay and heart rate variability on inspiration and expiration is a critical measure and the only technology out there that i'm aware of that actually does that is the neuroinfinity mm-hmm. number one number two based on the neuroinfinity we can tell you what your brainwave activity is, and it's only based on brainwave activity that we could, for certain, ascertain whether an individual is over aroused, under aroused, unstable, or exhausted from a neurological standpoint. So, uh, honestly, any <laughs> any objective technology is better than no objective technology, but. The the piece that I would want to leave people with is this. I have a different criteria to determine whether or not you're in the right office, whether or not you're utilizing the right chiropractor. And what I counsel people on all the time is this. If you're getting the same adjustment over and over and over and over and over and over again, that's not working. Okay? Okay the doctor should be able to determine what's different rather than what's the same, so that they're evolving your care over time rather than repeating your care over time.
0: Right, and so what you're describing is this, this you're checking for adaptability, right? You're checking to see whether or not things are changing, right? I, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time you actually sat in on my Tonal Peds class, but you're describing the entire curriculum, so stop giving it away for free. Um, right. but, but, but this is super important for parents and chiropractors alike to understand because plasticity habitual change in the nervous system requires three things. If you guys are taking notes, write this down. They require intensity. They require specificity and they require repetition. You were talking about uh, schedules of care earlier. I wholeheartedly agree that grossly, overwhelmingly, the profession isn't seeing our patients enough because subluxation is something that doesn't just go away forever once you've seen the chiropractor five times. Chronic patterns require a lot of intervention. And as my good friend, Dr. Stan talks about, we are seeing chronicity of subluxation at birth now because of all the stress and trauma that baby is under in utero um, because of mom's patterns and dad's patterns and grandma's patterns and, and grandpa's patterns. So when you see a chiropractor, Absolutely what Steve was talking about. You got to make sure that the schedule of care that the doctor is putting you on matches the degree of chronicity that he has found in his diagnostics or her diagnostics. I totally agree um it's it's fairly fairly common for me to see patients uh, minimum every day for a little while just to see how things are changing i refer to it or describe it to my patients as slow motion spine surgery i may adjust atlas on day one i may adjust uh teeth i don't know t6 on day two and then over time we start to see the body level out and clear and over time they do it for longer and longer and longer until we're in wellness territory and I'm just fine tuning for the rest of our lives. So we don't have to do any heavy lifting again. Um, That was really astute, Steve. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Um, Thanks Dan. (laughs) Well, it's always nice to talk to somebody that I agree with, right? Because it doesn't happen very often. I'm used to getting in fights. So, you know, I surround myself with people I agree with for the podcast so that we can just talk at each other and we can, you know, pat each other on the back.
1: Well, Um, it was predicated on a disagreement that we had. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I like you because we can have a collegial conversation even though we don't agree with anything we say. <laughs> that's not true. No. Uh, I'm exaggerating. Okay, um, okay so I want to talk about one other thing that you brought up at the very beginning. I've been taking notes feverishly and uh, I think it, it deserves a little bit more exploration. Um, as we record this podcast right now, um, there's something going on in Australia that is, uh, it's ridiculous. It's a, it's a huge travesty. Um, in a lot of ways it's a blessing in disguise, I think, but, but it still is putting a bit of a negative spotlight on chiropractic as a profession. For those of you who are not aware, because I have posted a lot of this stuff on my Facebook page, um, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, um, the chiropractic board of Australia ruled that it's inappropriate for a chiropractor to perform a manipulation quote unquote on children under the age of two. Now, at at face value, what this means is chiropractors are no longer to adjust children under the age of two, because in the general public, we assume that chiropractors are performing osseous adjustments, meaning we're moving bones manually, getting big cracks, just like you would expect to see in a lot of chiropractic offices. Um, However, and Steve hinted at this earlier, and I want to go down this rabbit hole a little bit with you. In a lot of ways, this is a good thing because it puts an emphasis on doing less for the children in our offices. And for those of us who do tonal work or do MC2 work, this is a daily routine for us, right? So much less input to these kids because they don't need it. They don't need it. It's much more subtle. Um, You know, it's really funny. The first time I ever saw you adjust a baby was in Wisconsin, Steve. I'd never seen you in person adjust a kid. Um, that's because when we teach, we're like two shipping, uh, pa- um, ships passing in the night, right. You're in one place, I'm in the other, but the amount of, um, care, right. And subtlety that's used to adjust a baby's Atlas. It's like, as we just, as we say, it's like checking the skin of a ripe tomato. It's, it's so much pressure that you can't even blanch your fingernail. It's so, so subtle. These kids do fine. They do better with that type of care. Than to blast a big high-velocity osseous adjustment into them. Um, I want you to comment on this a little bit, Steve, because it's your technique. Let's let's talk a little bit about this and, and let parents know kind of what that looks like.
1: Well, I, I think um, you know you mentioned something, Dan, that needs a little extrapolation, and that is uh, the concept of doing less. Doing less, just for the sake of doing less, is a waste of everybody's time. Uh, and doing less when doing less is insufficient is just plain wrong um and so when dan talks about doing less in uh, a chiropractic model what he's referring to is doing less and accomplishing more as a result which is what i was alluding to earlier saying that we shouldn't be introducing interference when our objective is to remove it or reduce it Uh so um i i I think without getting too esoteric dan the idea of vibratory frequencies if you could see the sound coming out of my voice box they're vibratory frequencies that's how we create sound that's how we hear sound that's how we see that's how we perceive they're all vibratory frequencies and a vibratory frequency that's picked up by the nervous system that's incoherent to that system causes the system to malfunction just as too much voltage on a line causes these the breaker switch to flip the wrong frequencies too much frequencies frequencies outside that individual's ability to constructively adapt to are what caused the bone out of place in the traditional chiropractic model. And so what MC2 is about is rather than moving the switch back, which can be done, our approach is, well, let's figure out where the stress on the system is and reduce it by introducing an appropriate vibratory frequency in the right place at the right time with the right intent. So, that that system could take that information and create balance in the muscle system, which would then restore any uh, negative distortion in the skeletal system. You know, the traditional chiropractors have uh, had an issue with, well, that can't possibly move a bone. And they're 100% right that can't possibly move a bone. Mm-hmm my intent is to allow the uh practice member to move their own bones by putting information in that their system can use and constructively adapt to (laughs) and when that's the model there's no one on the planet that i can hurt (laughs) when that's the model no parent ever has to fear handing me their child because it's the patient that does the work instead of the doctor.
0: I'm smiling on my end, Steve, because my favorite response from a patient after their first adjustment is "Is that it? Yep. See you tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Chiropractic is a long game guys. It's, it's not a one-off adjustment. I mean, the reason that I see my patients daily to begin is because I want to see what's changing. Guys, the body is a dynamic system. It's a homeodynamic system and things adapt. Some things don't adapt. And, you know, over the course of the first two weeks, it's all about me dialing the system in. It's me learning their spine, their nervous system. It's them learning my hands. And once we work together, it's a symphony. We figure things out, we get them dialed. And then that's where breakthroughs happen. Some patients take a little longer. Some patients take a little, little less time. It just depends on their neurological requirements. I mean, I have some adults who are in their sixties where it might take me three months to get them totally dialed in. I have some babies where, if I check them the day they're born, they'd be dialed in three days, which is the way we want it, right?
1: That's Right. Yeah. Now, there's a, there's an extra piece here, Dan, that, and you know, at at this late time in this conversation, may not be appropriate to bring it up, but I would certainly include it in a future podcast. And it's this. <laughs> that newborn very well may have become subluxated in the womb, which is why it's so critically important that mom be under appropriate care, not for the back pain associated with pregnancy, but so that her nervous system can be as patent and healthy as possible while she's creating this new life inside of her, okay? And I think it's critical that moms and dads be functional in order to create as highly functional children as they can. I I know it's off topic, but I think it's an important thing for people to consider.
0: No, it's super important. Uh, As a matter of fact, I was just uh, looking at a a post on Instagram from one of my mentors, Brendan Burchard. If you guys don't know Brendan, you should check out his book. I'm reading it uh, right now. It's called uh, High Performance Habits. Um, I can't remember exactly what he, what he said, but the comment was along the lines of, you can't pour from an empty cup. It's a good reminder that we constantly have to have, especially as healthcare providers, right? As chiropractors, we are so good at caring for other people that we neglect our own health, but the same goes for parents. It is always the kids that come in first in my clinic while mom is at home falling apart. Again, I I quote this all the time. I think it was Reggie that says this, no, it was Sigafoos. Why are you in my office getting healthy? When, or sorry, where are your kids in my office getting healthy while you're at home staying sick or something along those lines, right?
1: It's a circular argument, Dan, and it's yeah. You know, circular arguments of I'll, I'll come in when I'm sick enough. Yes. You know, I'll bring my child in when they're sick enough. Man, it, it, it's circular. Why? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know it's funny because. Don't have the time. It's not a high priority. Right. Wait, so where are you going to have the time after you, after they break down? Yeah. Will you have more time or less time? Yeah.
0: Yeah, this is why in, in my clinic, there's no such thing as coming when you need it. There's no such thing, right? Um. When a patient is done with corrective work in my, in my office or restorative work in my office, guess what? They stay on wellness for life. It's not because I... I, you know, they need me. It's because chiropractic care is essential for a healthy lifestyle when the world is increasingly becoming more stressful. Um, and, and no offense to any of the listeners who are under chiropractic care, but let me tell you something, guys, you do not know most of the time when you need to be adjusted. If all you are basing, uh, whether or not you need to be adjusted on is how much your back hurts, completely missing the point. Remember back pain, coffee, full blown chiropractic care, gas at the gas station. Um, if a kiddo comes into my office and we've done a ton of restorative work and mom and dad say, oh, we'll bring him in when the kid has an ear infection or we'll bring him in when the kid is sick again, I failed. I failed my communication and it happens so rarely these days, but sometimes I slip up on how I'm educating my patients and we'll get to done a re- the, you know, the end of restoration and I'll get a patient that's like, all right, peace out. I'll see you later. Guys, what have we been doing for the past four, six, eight, 12 months? What have we been doing? So, for those of you guys who are listening, just keep that on the back of your minds. This is part of the process. Chiropractic care is essential for your kids. is essential for, for parents. It's essential for everybody, right? It helps you adapt better.
1: In the um, seminar, Dan, we talk about what the communication strategies really ought to be, yeah. so that uh, parents, children, lay people understand the value and where chiropractic fits in their life and in their lifestyle um not as a as my one of my mentors used to say chiropractic isn't a treatment it's a treat okay and who doesn't want a treat that's dr kent gotta love
0: him. <laughs> indeed well let's uh let's uh, bookmark it for uh, for the day we've, we've been on now for about 40 minutes which is funny because you always tend to be the longest interviewer that i have to have to do whether it's on facebook live or it's on the podcast it's just
1: we
0: well, just I the
1: same thing about me <laughs> <laughs> well
0: let's just get it all out of the way so we don't have anything to say to each other when we're on the road for like 16 weeks straight this summer. Yeah. Um, for those of you guys who are coming on a little bit late, um, let's give you a friendly reminder. Um, Steve and I are teaching a ton this summer and fall. We're going to be all over the world, uh, everywhere from St. Louis to Boulder, uh, to, we're going to be in Santa Monica, Los Angeles. We're going to be in Dallas. We're going to be in Minnesota. We're going to be, uh, in Amsterdam for Axiom. Uh, we're going to be in Hong Kong with our good friend, Alvin Sue, um, Go to the website www.chiropracticmastery.com. Click on the seminar tab. If you are a chiropractor and you have not trained in MC2, you need to be at one of these seminars. If you have trained in MC2 and you haven't seen us in a while, refresh, guys, because we're constantly updating this content and you need to be a part of it. Okay. We have um, a couple of advanced
1: modules coming up.
0: Yeah, that's true. We've noticed uh, in, in the last uh, year or so that there's this need for sort of this re of more of the advanced techniques that come along with MC2. If you guys have done basic, it's time for you to step up and do uh, do some more Carrera work as it were. Um, those of you guys who've been to MC2 will know what that means. So Steve, thank you for being a part of this. I really appreciate you and I love you. Um, and uh, we'll see the rest of you guys next week, okay?